So I have some really amazing news for you. I'm not sure whether you have heard that yet, but they, there's actually a cure now for COVID. A cure has been found. Works 100%. Have you heard it yet? You're kidding me. Pardon? This is the cure the Buddha found. And you can imagine if a cure for coronavirus is found uh, all in the world, and people be dancing in the streets, they're so happy. It would be so uh, sensational. But what has really been found is not just a cure for coronavirus, but a cure for every sickness. What has been found is not just a cure for every sickness, but also a cure against death. And of course, against new rebirth. And this is a cure the Buddha found. Now, this is what we are remembering today. Now, this is why the devas were so happy. This is why the devas were already dancing when the Buddha was born, with the Bodhisattva because they knew that ultimately he will find the cure. And uh, two months ago when we had Vesak, we were celebrating the moment when the Buddha found the cure and succeeded first of all in curing himself from all sickness, from old age, from death, from suffering. But that was not yet the full solution. That was only the Buddha so far. And even nowadays, now they're talking about if you find a vaccine for COVID, now this is not yet really the end. Now you have to be sure the vaccine has to be safe and not harming people. And you have to be sure the vaccine is effective. But even if we have a safe and effective vaccine, there's still one more problem left. What? There's 8 billion people or more on this earth. And how do you distribute an effective, efficient vaccine to 8 billion people? This is actually a completely different additional problem to finding the vaccine. And what we are celebrating today is after the Buddha had discovered the cure for all suffering, for all problems, for all issues, On Asala Puja, he started doing prescriptions and giving the medicine to other people. And this has continued for the last 2,500 years. And by now, the absolutely effective medicine against sickness and death is all over the world and has been widely spread. It's easily available. We have to be concerned maybe a little bit with some for-profit commercial organization. When they find a vaccine, they will probably try to make a lot of money out of it. And it may be quite expensive. But what the Buddha did, he gave it away completely for free. Isn't it amazing? Nowadays, if a person just finds a cure for coronavirus, they would be rubbing their hands. Now they become billionaires. 
But this is even better. It's a cure for everything. It's a cure for cancer. It's a cure for Alzheimer. It's a cure for a heart attack. Everything can be cured with that. And not just your physical suffering, but it's also a cure for whatever pain and disappointment and frustration and fear and anxiety and trouble you may have in your mind. It works against that as well. And even better, and it even defeats death. Once we have taken that medicine, even death will be overcome. And it's distributed for free. So I'm sometimes surprised, why is there not more sensation around it? <laughs> this is what we remember. And it has actually been available for 2,500 years. So why why are these people not taking it? Why are we ourselves sometimes not taking the medicine? Could you imagine that, that you get maybe some symptoms of coronavirus and you start coughing, dry cough, fever, red eyes, and maybe you get worse. You can't breathe, you don't get enough air anymore, you have to go to hospital. And then the medicine has been found by now, which is actually effective. Could you imagine that you're not taking it? It's beyond imagination, isn't it? Would you complain if the pill doesn't really taste sugar sweet, but maybe not so nice? Would be completely irrelevant, isn't it? So on a day like this, we should develop the same joy like the devas. Now the devas with their great mudita for all the suffering humans, they had the understanding and this is why they were so happy. And they wouldn't exclaim their joy that it would go through the deva lokas. And if we reflect on what that really means, that the Buddha shared the Dhamma with us, and that we can overcome all sickness now, then we will have the same joy in our heart. And we have that joy in our heart, then we can use this Wayne's retreat to really practice. If you practice joyfully, it will be very easy. It always strikes me how scientific the Buddha's approach was. It was actually, in a sense, more scientific than even modern science is called scientific. And it's uh, devoted to investigating the causes and effects. Once you can understand the origin of things and the causal conditioning, uh, then we get a handle on influencing that process and uh, ultimately switching it off. The Buddha was basically acting like a physician, like a doctor. Because what happens if you go to the 
doctor, if you come in, the doctor inquires, how are you? And just says, oh, I'm really not feeling well, I'm really sick. And then the doctor, would he just give you some pills and send you away? Or what would a good doctor do? Pardon? Exactly, he has to really check you out. What is the symptoms of your disease? What is the problem you have? Do you have a headache or a tummy ache? And he may send you to an MRI scan or a CAT scan or a blood test or maybe um, the ultrasound or X-ray. And then he investigates now that he can find out now what exactly are the symptoms of your sickness? What do you really suffer from? And otherwise, maybe we wouldn't have a great faith in the doctor. It's an important part. If he has no time to really check up on you, it's probably not the doctor which one should recommend. And when he starts investigating, then he goes and tries to find uh, the cause of the sickness. That's exactly what the Buddha did. So when he investigated the symptoms, he found the symptoms. Uh, Old age, sickness and death. That's a symptom of the human condition. That is a sickness we are all suffering from. The people are now hoping here, particularly in Queensland, where we didn't have a single case uh, for for a while now, and uh, we had no community transmission for more than a month. So people are very happy now. Restrictions are relaxed, and we are going back to normal. And sometimes people seem to think that going back to normal means that now we are no longer going to die. <laughs> This is not the case. Now, even if coronavirus is no longer a problem, we can also die from the normal flu. We can die from cancer, from uh, diabetes, from heart attacks, from anything. So the normal, the new normal, or the old normal is still old age, sickness, and death. And the Buddha didn't deny that. Now he, you know, with brutal honesty, investigated our human condition. And he also noticed ne, that we often experience ne, loss. For example, loss of loved ones. Ne, we get separated from those we love. We lose our parents or grandparents. Sometimes people eh, tragically even lose their children, which is particularly painful. Ne, they lose their partner. They lose friends and relatives. And the older we become, the more apparent that is. So being separated from what we love, this gives us pain and suffering. But also works in the other direction. Sometimes we are thrown together with what we don't like. Sometimes the people, maybe in your family, in your job, you find so difficult that you can't get away from them. So being joined up with what we not with what we dislike, there's lots of suffering. And then of course not getting what we want. 
We have all kinds of desires, wishes, aspirations. Wouldn't it be lovely to have this or that and having a little yacht or a nice house or this uh, dream holiday and then you may not be able to get it. In short, you know, this whole body and mind in which we live this life you know, is basically suffering and disappointing ultimately in the end. So the Buddha acknowledged that. And once he had you know, checked out human condition and investigated it, then he was looking now, what is the cause of that? It's the same, you go to the doctor and you're coughing and now the doctor has to be concerned that you may have got coronavirus. But does it mean anyone who is coughing has got coronavirus? No, no. There are different causes for coughing. Some people may just have uh, an allergy, maybe hay fever, and now they're coughing. Others may have got a cold. Others may have a flu. Others may have a pneumonia. Others may have emphysema from smoking too much. So there's many different causes that can manifest as coughing. But once the doctor identifies what it is, and maybe the person coughing tests negative for coronavirus, but tests positive for some bacterium that causes pneumonia, and then the doctor knows, aha, this is a pneumonia, and the cause of the pneumonia is this particular bacterium. Now, once you know that, then you're already very close to the cure. All you need is an antibiotic which is able to eliminate that particular bacterium and then the pneumonia will be cured. That is the advantage of understanding the cause. Once we understand the cause, then we can address it and remove the cause. And what the Buddha found out is that the cause of suffering, you know, the deep one, is in our own heart. It is craving. It is called tanha in Pali. The desire, longing, craving, wanting, all the defilements and the passion, the grasping, the holding on, also the aversion, the pushing away from things, it's also craving. You may be craving to get something, or we also crave to get rid of things. It's all craving. Once the Buddha had clearly seen that these are related by a causal condition, then he knew when we can take away the craving, the suffering will be gone. It's important here to understand the difference between a sufficient and a necessary condition. Now, there's also other things which make us suffer. It's not only the craving in our heart. Now, whether my craving is more or less, if someone walks up on me and uh, abuses me or incites me or attacks me, there will be more suffering and you know, these external cause that someone now is maybe insulting me or acting in ways which I find really difficult. Now, the, the Buddha doesn't deny that. 
But with these external things, we will never really get out of suffering. If you have a difficult person, we may be able to get away from that difficult person. Or maybe push them away. But someone else will turn up. We're back to square one. Same with sickness. Now there's other cures for sickness than the one the Buddha gave. And if you have a pneumonia, we can go to a normal doctor. And usually they can cure it with antibiotics. The problem if you work on these external causes, it's never a complete solution. And if you're cured from pneumonia, we can still get heart attack or Alzheimer's. It's not, it's not a really radical solution. But what the Buddha found out is that cravingness is a completely necessary condition. And if there's no craving at all, that means there cannot be any kind of suffering. And that's a big difference to the more superficial solutions. I mean, most people are investigating, now, why do I suffer? It's quite natural for our mind. When, when it hurts, we try to get out of that. And many people may think, for example, oh yeah, I'm suffering, what is the cause? I don't have enough money. Is that sometimes how you feel? If I had $20 million, $50 million, then you would be happy, no? It looks like that. If you win the jackpot, $50 million, then your suffering is gone. This is a delusion. Interestingly, they have done studies on that. They invest in psychology. And usually people are very happy once they win their 50 million. But they have found that after a few years, the level of happiness they report is, is not so different from how they felt beforehand. It's quite fascinating. And you can see it now with people who are very rich, even billionaires. Some of those are so miserable they may even commit suicide doesn't really work. Of course, the sum of your suffering can be ameliorated and weakened from having more money. But trust me, there will still be suffering. If you don't believe me, ask the billionaires if you know any. And if they are honest with you, they will admit that they also suffer, and sometimes a lot. I once read this fascinating article about uh, Learjets, the private Learjets. Does anyone here have a private Learjet? No one. Eh? Yeah. So you're probably not aware that there's many different models. It's a little bit like having a car. <laughs> if you don't have a car, you think that having a car is something really special. It's obviously a big difference whether you have a 20-year-old Honda Civic or the latest Ferrari. It's the same with Learjets. And some billionaires, they, they really suffer that they have these Learjets, but their friends all have a much better one. And they fly to some island, and, and this guy's Learjet actually is too small. He can't fly the whole distance, and he feels really embarrassed. And he's really, sometimes they get really depressed about matters like this. 
So this is not a comprehensive solution. This is addressing some additional factors. But the good one is with craving, if you take the craving away, because this is a necessary condition for any suffering to arise, then all suffering is gone. And whether you have that much money or less or more doesn't matter anymore because the deep cause is gone and no suffering can arise. So what do we have to do? Taking the craving out of our heart, the desire, the passion, the aversion, the pushing away and grasping at things. That's what we have to remove from the heart. And what does a good doctor normally do? Or what do we do in order to take the craving out of our heart? Yeah, but but how do we do that? Now you need a treatment plan. You need a prescription. You need the right medicine. The same, once a doctor has diagnosed you pneumonia caused by these bacteria, and then has to find the right antibiotic which works against that one, and then he has to give you that, and he has to give you some instruction. Take one pill three times a day together with a meal, and do that regularly for two weeks. Don't stop too early. It's a very simple prescription. And the Buddha has done the same thing. After he had identified craving, he gave us the medicine, the prescription. And what is that prescription? The noble eightfold path, the middle way, wide view, wide intention, wide communication, wide action, the wide job, wide effort, wide mindfulness, and wide concentration, wide samadhi. This is a prescription. And once we have the prescription, it is important that we follow it to the letter. What's going to happen if the doctor gives you these antibiotics against your pneumonia and you decide, oh, not three a day, that sounds too much, I take only one pill a day. Is that a good idea? It will not work. We have to follow the prescription accurately. Or you say, it's so much effort to remember that over two weeks and you just pop them down, the whole dosage for two weeks, you just pop them down with one meal. Is that a good idea? No. You have to follow the prescription to the letter. So it's good to practice mindfulness, but only mindfulness wouldn't be enough. It has to be all eight path factors. 
as good to practice precepts and to restrain one's speech and action, but you also have to develop meditation, mindfulness, samadhi, right effort. It's good to have good intentions, but you also have to follow up on them and turn it into action and effort. And once we have taken the medicine, the effect is from developing the eightfold path and from developing all path factors, including samadhi, that the wisdom and insight will be strong enough that we gain wide knowledge and wide liberation. Because craving is taken out of the heart. And once it's taken out at the same time, if you take the necessary condition away, then also the result, the consequence is taken away and there will be no more suffering. Now this is the third noble truth. The first noble truth is to check up when you go to the doctor what is all the symptoms. The second noble truth is the diagnosis, what is causing your problems. The fourth noble truth is the prescription you get, a treatment plan. Sometimes it's more than just taking some pills. The doctor may tell you, you have to lose 20 kilos and you have to do more exercise and things like that and don't eat this food don't take so much sugar and take this pill. And one has to follow the treatment plan. This is the noble eightfold path. And once the treatment is successful and craving has been removed from our heart, then we get the third noble truth, which is the end of craving, freedom, liberation, nibbana, the end of dukkha.